1: See, si, senor, I would like the
0: pollo ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right, welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby, Brian
2: Shusco. Gentlemen, a new season is approaching. Approaching? It's almost here. It's almost here. Hence approaching? Approaching, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, sure. almost here means approaching. Okay. We are approaching a new season. Yeah. Why did we have to argue over that word?
0: <laughs> there was no arguing.
2: <laughs> it's amazing. The things that you and I will get into sometimes.
0: What a
1: way to kick off.
2: Yeah, we're
0: <laughs>
1: a new season and a new podcast name. Oh, my. Well, this is us, though.
2: This is us. This is also us, what we're about to do. Uh, We have developed over the course of our years in doing this uh, a tradition as a new season approaches. And that tradition is focusing on the promoted clubs into the league. There's a little bit of irony here because I know that I didn't watch a single minute of championship football. I barely watched any highlights from championship football last season. Speak for yourself. I watched a little bit. Okay, you watched a little bit. I typically don't watch the championship. I'm aware of it. I check the table a few times a season. But here we are. This is the episode where I get to pretend like I know something about three clubs that are entering into the
0: league. Well, I mean, look, we do our research. okay? I mean, we feel like it's necessary part of being the voice, the FPL America podcast. That's true. We need to educate, promote it, you know, our American audience. And look, not all of our audience is American. But at least half of it is. We're American, though. We are American, and sometimes we educate
2: ourselves in the process. (laughs) We did have to do some research. Uh, But, you know, there's a couple of clubs we've seen not that long ago who are going to be part of this episode today. Obviously, the three clubs coming into the league this season, Leeds United. We'll spend some time on them first. But then also West Brom and Fulham. Not a lot has changed since we last saw, was it two seasons ago for both of them? West Brom and Fulham? Yep. So, Except
1: Chris Brunt is gone. Well, that's, that's not bad then. Oh,
2: and so <laughs> Actually, what's funny, Brian, and it, maybe it was three years ago for West Brom, I don't remember actually. I, didn't, I Now as I sit here, I realize I didn't do that part of my research. Sure. But the last time we did talk about West Brom coming into the league, Tony Pulis was the manager, and I'm glad he's mm. no longer around either.
1: Yeah, lots of people bombing on him too, especially because of your guy uh, in the Champions League, uh, Dave Serge Gnab- Gnabry.
2: Yeah. Your guy.
1: Uh, people reminding everyone that he was uh, deemed uh, not fit enough to
0: start for Tony Pulis' West Brom Albion. So, this, Scott, will be the only time I will ever defend Tony Pulis. And I also kind of also defended Arsene Wenger to my uh, brother the other day, brother Matt, uh, as he was kind of coming down like, how how does everyone miss on him? Well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Pump the brakes. Okay. So, 4 years ago Arsenal sold him. Okay, footballers can make big changes in their life. Loans can kind of get a message to a player. So Arsenal loans him to West Brom before they set before they sold him. West Brom didn't play him. He couldn't make the Arsenal squad. Okay, all these things probably had some influence on him as a person and a player. Mm-hmm. He gets sold to Bayern. You know what Bayern does? They loan him to Hoffenheim, okay? So it wasn't like this guy all of a sudden everyone's missing on him. No, no, no. Maybe he actually made some personal changes in his yeah. life and decided to get serious about football and has turned himself, credit to him, into yeah. a stud. Agreed.
2: Yeah, the focus should be on him and his improvement probably,
0: yeah. much as anything else. Not necessarily Pulis, which, look, I could we could easily bomb on and or West Brom and Arsenal and whoever else. All right, right
2: listen, though, this is not a Tony Pulis... Serge Gnabry podcast. Yeah,
1: I I didn't mean it at all for thanks, Dave thanks to talk for, about <laughs> th- thanks Arsenal. Thanks for sending me on that. Man. I just wanted to I just wanted to let How everybody... did Arsenal get in here. That's just, what I want. Just know. give me a window. <laughs> crack crack that window. What are we here to do? Now we're here to talk about the
2: promoted club. So oh, let's just get right on. Into yeah, this. I forgot about. it. Yeah, let's let's start with Leeds United, shall we? Leeds United. This is a club. So I find Leeds United fascinating mostly because of how people talk about them. So they have not been in the Premier League since I've been following the Premier League. I jumped in, let's see, the last World Cup was 2018, right? So if you go back, it was right around... 2010? No, it was right around 2006 that I really got into the Premier League. And Leeds United had been relegated by that point. And so I missed out on them. But as they enter back into the league now for the first time in in almost two decades... yeah. Not quite. Um... The way people talk about this club and the storied history of this club
0: makes me interested to see what they're going to look like when they get into the league. I feel like now that they've made that climb and now they're going to get, I'm assuming, you're still going to get decent TV money uh, because the TV contracts, assuming that they're playing, are still going to be good because people aren't going to the game. So, I mean, they're going to have to rely on the TV money. But Leeds, is a team that I've been wanting to get promoted, has been close the last... Three or four years and hadn't been able to, to climb that hill. Mm-hmm. They did it this past year. I'm excited about it. I love to see teams like Bournemouth leave. And <laughs> come on, and, no, I'm kidding. and teams mean, like and teams like West clubs. Brom come up. Leeds is a – No, uh, no. <laughs> we'll get to them. They have their the, moment. The Bromwiches could could you know disappear, whatever. No, I'm kidding. But listen, Leeds is a club. Leeds is a. you just, club, you're, is you're a, prejudiced a, against
2: clubs with Albion in the name.
0: I mean, maybe I don't know uh and coastal teams. Leeds I like <laughs> Leeds is a club though that I feel like belongs in the Premier League. They're a, they're a a big club that uh and I say big in kind of in air quotes uh waiting to be bigger. Does yeah. that make sense?
2: Yeah, no, I get it. I, I
0: just they have the not only a fan base but the stadium and I and I and I believe the drive Uh, from an owner to to make it happen after their last, wow, 14, 16 years of uh, championship football.
2: Well, we've kind of danced around this. One of the things that I like to do when we have this uh, promoted club pod is I like to put together what I call an incomplete, unofficial club history. Love these. Really, it's just a, a set of facts that I found in my research that I found interesting, and now I get to share them with you. And I have that here for Leeds United, if I may. Uh, Leeds United, typically known as the Whites, were formed in 1919. Did you know that they just celebrated their 100th anniversary, Dave? No, I did not. They just celebrated their 100th anniversary. Congratulations to them. What a year to be promoted. (laughs) That's that's very true. That's a great way to celebrate that. Uh, Technically, it was in 2020, but whatever. Uh, they do have a storied history, as we've mentioned, uh, three league titles in their past, the last one being not that long ago in 1992. You know, what's interesting, and th- this will show as we get into West Brom, Like a lot of times he's promoted clubs their best years are well into the past, like even before our lifetimes. But Leeds United, that's not the case. Most recently winning uh, in 1992. They've also won one FA Cup. That one does go back to 1972 and a League Cup in 1968. Did you know that they made the Champions League semifinals in 2001? I thought that was interesting. That's within this millennium. Wow. But it was in 2004 that they were relegated. In 2007 that the professional liquidators came in. Oh, boy. Yeah, you knew that phrase was coming in this episode.
0: I love it when those guys show up. Haven't heard about
2: them in a long time. Well, probably last year when we did this Promoted Pod episode. No one one more
1: important to club histories than the provisional liquidator. Provisional liquidator, (laughs) yes, thank you. Did I say professional? I have no doubt he's
2: also a professional. You
1: can't be a a semi-professional provisional liquidator.
2: (laughs) The league wouldn't allow it. Uh, But it was last... Season earlier this year, in 2020, that Leeds United, as you alluded to, Dave, they won the championship, earning them promotion. And so, Elland Road will be a part of the Premier League. Elland Road being their home. Okay.
0: I was struggling. I was, I was, I was looking for, like, Elland Road. What is this? Is this a song? In 2000... No, there's yeah, a, song. The, this a song. It's a Yeah, it's the Gin Blossoms. Gin Blossoms sing a song No, you're Red- thinking
1: to take me home, Elland Road. That's a different, totally
0: different song. I'm pretty sure. I actually if know. If there was that a reference. brick wall, I could slam my head against it. Country anyone. Road. Uh,
2: anyway, in 2018, it was called The Best Ground in the Championship. Sir Alex Ferguson himself once referred to it as the most intimidating stadium he's been in. Oh, really? So there's a. a, a just a loud excited fan base when fans are allowed to be back in stadiums. We will get evidence of this, and, uh, you know, hopefully that, that day can come soon. They do have a local rival, Sheffield United, that they'll be playing in the Premier League this year. Um, this, is a, this is another
0: Yorkshire club, by the is way. This a, is this a derby? Uh, Yeah,
2: I, I didn't have a name for it, though. I guess we'll find out during the season. I didn't see that there was a name for it. But there's there's, there's several local rivals, but Sheffield United is the only one that's in the Premier
0: League. Do they play for, like, a trophy? I don't
2: think so. That's a like a bronzed sheep. That's a college football thing. Oh, okay. Here in the United States,
0: this is not a college football podcast.
2: There is a national rivalry that developed with Manchester United, just because those two clubs, you know, I, I think, you know, had great kind of in the same way that Manchester United and Liverpool. Yes, that's exactly have where I wanted to go. A rivalry these yeah. days. Um, there's some players that have played for Leeds United that you guys are all familiar with. Uh, going back the furthest would be Rio Ferdinand, controversially oh. sold to Manchester United.
0: Mm. In the,
2: in the height of the financial struggle, a traitor. Well, I don't think he was. Well, oh. I guess eventually, but he didn't choose to be sold. Uh, Fabian Delph has
1: played for Leeds United.
2: Okay. And then most recently, Chris Wood.
1: Love Chris Wood. This is a Chris Wood podcast a lot of the time.
0: Okay, he'll come up. That is not true.
1: No, well,
0: Brian. Maybe Brian in does Brian's himself mind. In Chris Brian, wood. he yeah. does love a good
1: Wood.
2: Uh, there is a song. Ellen slash country road is not one of them, but, uh, marching on together. I actually listened to it. I could only listen to the first half before turning it off. It sorry. Was, it sorry. Was, Leeds fans. It
0: wasn't great. I mean, it's probably
2: great when the fans sing it acapella in the stadium following a, an epic goal, but there's just a little bit too much brass for me. Okay. On YouTube. Okay. But it's called marching on together. Um, there's another tradition that comes along with these uh, episodes, and I have uh, brought this into the podcast again this year. I write a limerick for each of these clubs. Would it be all right if I just read the one I wrote for Leeds United right here? Absolutely. Why all wouldn't right. it be? It's not as filthy as the others are going to be. I was
0: going to say, Brian usually only wants to hear it if it's filthy. filthy. I
2: I
1: now, demand filth.
2: This one, and, and it'll require a little bit of, a, of an explanation at the end, but let me just go right into it. Not filthy, just just kind of mean.
1: Mm, all right then.
2: Having leads back, they say, will be quite a treat. They'll do their darndest to avoid too much defeat. With Dallas and Ailing, mm. they might avoid trailing. It's just a shame their manager's such a cheat.
1: Ooh! Wow. Okay. All see right. where I'm going there? It's a twisted kind of filth, but I see what you're doing. <laughs>
2: I'm, of course, referring to the Bielsa uh, controversy a couple seasons back where he was sending people to go scout out opposing clubs. Ooh. And uh, it just sounds at, like. At practices.
0: When he's hanging out with Belichick, Brian?
2: <laughs> he would be the Bill Belichick of the uh,
1: Premier League. Is
0: Beesla the Belichick of the Premier League? This is not an NFL podcast. There
1: is a template.
0: <laughs> if you want to do it, there's teams out there
1: that'll that'll teach you how. Amazing. Well, that's what I have on Leeds United.
2: Again, storied history back in the Premier League. They come with a little bit of buzz. The question really comes down to, you know, two years ago we had Wolves, right? Was it two years ago? Last year we had Sheffield United. Yeah, promoted clubs who made an immediate impact in the league is Leeds United. That this club year's, this year, yeah.
0: absolutely. If you look at their offensive and defensive stats from last from last season, they are at the top of the of the championship in both. And I absolutely think that, yeah. They they have a manager who I think can do it. They also have the players and the pedigree. Yeah, we might they might not be as big a names as we've known, but just because they haven't played. Ne- in the league. Neither was Sheffield. <laughs> You're right. Neither was Wolves. Yeah. Right. There was no Lord Lundstrom this time last no, year. No, there wasn't. Yeah. Everyone needs to you know realize that. Now we're familiar with Patrick Bamford, right? A little bit. Yep. Yeah. Um. He what was he with Palace? Was he with Palace a couple seasons ago? He was loaned out. he was loaned out and, was loaned he's out a, and he's he's sold. A city. City product? No, I think it was United. I can't remember. He was a Chelsea product, Scott, if I remember correctly. Loaned out to everyone
2: in the true Chelsea way.
0: <laughs> yeah, the old, <laughs> the old Chelsea. We're gonna have sixty players and loan them all out. Yep. Uh, and then just you know play with about for once, Dave. Players. I don't think that was an
2: exaggeration. Actually, sixty is about right.
0: Crazy. Anyways, moving on because no one really gives three craps about that. <laughs> you start with a player, Scott. If, if it's okay if we jump into those? Yeah, let's do it
2: who's Bam- relevant in FPL for Leeds? Bamford. You know there was a version of my squad that had Patrick Bamford as a discount forward. It's not he's not there now, but but he was there in my first version of my lineup and I think he's probably there in several versions.
1: Are you going to have him to start no this season, David?
0: I'm thinking oh, about so it. So you're fine. <clears
1: <clears <throat> the way the way I
0: the way my current team I don't care what you think. Sure, Scott. <laughs> the I'm I'm uh, considering it and and one of the reasons why is because i do have some discount forwards right now i got old kenneth davis from aston villa i don't know if he's gonna Kenan. play keenan keenan kennan Ken- kenneth that guy was in the league last year you should know his yeah. first name no, no, no. i know but he wasn't relevant he was at the end. Uh, Keenan Davis for Villa at 4-5. He came on late. He's okay. a
2: very popular discount forward to have in your lineup. Absolutely. Except he's not playing week one, but you don't want him to play week. It doesn't matter. He's at the end of your bench.
0: You're exactly right. right. Now,
2: So Patrick Bamford is – My favorite. Yes.
0: Next kind of kind of tier up okay. of cheap guys who are playing is Jordan Ayew at a six zero. He has been for years for you. I know. and Too, too expensive.
2: He finished – in the... But oh, oh oh, I'm gonna put Brian on the spot here. You know how he loves to be put on the spot. Oh jeez, so Brian Jordan Ayew at six or Patrick Bamford
1: at five and a half. Um, I I mean, you like the the beginning of s of the season for both guys equally, I think, uh, because you like Patrick Bamford playing against Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, I I don't know how week one. I I like that you can start if you needed to. That you know Jordan Ayu is going to play week one, and you know that if whether you play him or you have him on your bench, you're guaranteed to get something from him. True, and I think if you're oh a, man, you just talked me into Jordan Ayu. just like that. Well. Jordan, I starts at home against Southampton. I mean, and, and, and Patrick amazing. Bamford in week one starts at Liverpool. I mean, I, yeah, it's same. I mean, this is an amount of money. It depends on what you're doing. You know what? It, based on your strategy, I would just say oh. I use playable week one Bamford. Is not. What are you expecting? A, is this a is this pookie? Are we going? Is is, is Bam- Bamford Pookie? No. Okay, now listen. No so, way. so okay. if that's not true, then I don't know. I mean, you're you're buying Bamford as what? Your third? He would be a third forward for most people. Which, in light of Keenan Davis, doesn't make sense. Right. So if so, unless your strategy is to go like we talked about uh, at the end of our last version of our podcast, hmm. striker zero—the idea that you're just yeah. going to start with the cheapest possible strike force. Then I don't know. Maybe think about Bamford. I just I Bamford is they're, are
0: only currently listed forward. Okay. True. So Leeds is a, is a a quality team. I think that will probably end up somewhere between fourteenth and and ninth in the table. Interesting. I but I think Ryan, the value
1: is more. The value exactly, is further yes. back. For leads, I was going to transition I, that.
0: You you've got guys yeah. in
2: mind. Tell us about the guys it, towards the back that you think are going to be relevant.
1: Well, the obvious two are the are the right back and left back. So, right, obviously Stuart Dallas and Luke Ailing. Uh, you have Luke Ailing is they're both four and a half. Luke Ailing was well, the highest rated defender in the championship according to who whoscored.com he was the who scored team of the season right right back of the season for the championship he had um, four
0: goals four assists
1: four goals four assists so he gets him around, like in the top 10 in goals and just outside the top 10 in assists uh, a decent amount of shots and chances created and stuff I, I feel like as st- a
2: defender
1: as a defender and that's why I think that of the two guys I'm you know I'm surprised like ailing ends up in the team of the season but Stuart Dallas is the guy to me that is more appealing to start the season he scored five goals.
0: why is he more appealing?
1: Well he's second most of any defender in okay. the championship of goals but okay. he took 58 shots which is the most of any defender of the championship. And so he had 20, 26 shots on target, also the most. The thir- he, 26 shots on target ranked 30th in the championship of all players. So to me, you know, and then creativity. He created the second most big chances. He had the fourth most key passes. Like, a guy who is attacking, like, far, uh, far more attacking statistically than, than Ailing was. So, I I mean, to me, that is the guy... Stuart Dallas is the guy for me that if I'm going to have a Leeds player, it's going to be him. Uh, But I don't think... Both of those guys did excellent in the championship. I don't... I mean... You don't know what they're going to do. I'm just saying, like, but you, you, I mean, you could get week one, and who knows? Ailing assist Bamford for when they lose <laughs> to Liverpool five one. Yeah, six to one. Yeah. Right. So it's the same. It could you know, it could have the same scoreline as it was for for Norwich at the beginning of the season last season. But oh, no, I, remember. I. But after week one, I mean, these are guys. That, you know, yeah. You're, so you don't play in week one. You, these are both very much bench capable players and and guys that you might start using who knows, maybe you start using them in week two.
2: Any other players on leads that you think Dave are relevant to FPL?
0: I don't know. I think Brian nailed that. I look I it's not gonna surprise me if a midfielder becomes relevant. One that one that I mean and I say relevant within reason. Like you would own him. Relevant within reason. Okay. <laughs> like maybe you'd consider owning him with a with a
2: well, wild card. Lineup. I
0: mean I say that. I mean if you look at uh you know there was there was times last year where John Fleck was yeah, relevant. I, I own John Flip. Okay, for a little while. There was times where there's been plenty of wolves, even on there two years two years ago when they got promoted. Were you're
1: just all in with Leeds being? we relevant that club.
0: I don't see how they're not. Okay. I just don't. If yeah. you
1: were thinking of a midfielder, the I would say again, there's, there's, it's just the statistically obvious guys. So Jack, Jack Harrison is was one of their best midfielders and last then, season. And Pablo Hernandez. Yeah, and so six goals, eight assists for Jack Harrison, third most. You know, a really creative player. You know, third most big chances created. One of the top. You know, one of the top shot uh, providers for players in the in the championship. So. Yeah, I mean, I t- again, I just, I, to me, it's it's the def- the two defensive players. Uh, there is a guy. So, uh, Esjen Alioski is listed as a defender for them as well. Uh, he's a guy who he scored also scored five goals for Leeds as a def- as a defender, but he's a multiple position guy. Is he,
0: is he playing up a little bit? Maybe.
1: Well, that's that's the question with him. So he he's a he's a. a I guess you could call him a trendy sleeper.
0: Okay, is although he, a, he is not—is he
1: Lundströmish? He is not a pacey winger, but he is a trendy sleeper. What I'm saying is, <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the good guys, time. the guy is getting some love out there and some other sites just because of the—I mean, five goals and three assists for for a defender. No matter who it is, for a guy that's listed as a defender is really good. He can play play multiple positions. I think it's just a question of where he's going to end up and then also uh Leeds live the actual Leeds paper uh, has suggested that he might the way they put it is he may lack the positional discipline to have a lasting place in Leeds squad mm. in the Premier League. So he might, you know, if you see the name out there it's not it's it's not for no reason, but I just I think you have a way more consistent and proven players in the defense
2: well all those defenders all three of them that you mentioned are all listed at four and a half and if you have not listened to our actual season preview pod yet uh you you know or i guess i'll tell you now you'll find out when you listen that four and a half is going to be a really popular price point to start the season for a lot of the back line given how much money can be spent in the midfield and maybe even forward if you have a little bit of a strategy at forward Having all these guys at four and a half makes them a little bit appealing as well. It's just a matter of which one. Right now, Dallas and Ailing are between six and eight percent in terms of ownership. Who's more owned? Stuart Dallas is at almost nine. So Stuart Dallas is the most owned of the three. Aliyaski is under two percent. Okay. So you want differential even within Leeds itself while Brian stirs his drink yeah. with a spoon in the background. Yeah. Maybe you can hear that. No <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's nothing like nothing like being You know what? We could be professional, but why? Let's just be ourselves on these first episodes of FPL America. This is us, right? Coffee's good,
1: Dave. Really good. If it's
0: not coffee, it's bourbon.
1: Yeah, it's true. It just depends on the time of day. This week's FPL America podcast brought to you by Dave's version of Starbucks Cafe Verona brewed from his 55-year-old coffee maker. (laughs) Delicious every time. He's so right. That's why it's Dave's version. That's it's, right. a little, it's a little different when it comes All right. out. All right, Leeds United, uh, I
2: think we're done with them. Let's move on to the second place club in the championship last year. A club that we'd know very well, West Bromwich Albion.
0: Scott, I know that when you saw them getting promoted, you were very excited.
2: Nope, I was not excited. I, would I much was rather excited. I've had Born Because
0: my favorite Egyptian,
2: I was going to say,
0: Hagazi. Yeah, the, Haga- the you remember You remember that at all?
2: Did you just alienate 75% of our audience?
0: <laughs> Haga- I hope
2: I
1: impressed someone. Higazi's back. Higazi's back. Higazi's back and ready to score 20 points in the first three weeks and then never be heard from again.
0: West Brom might be interesting, Scott. I feel like they're always a little bit more defensive. Words that have been <laughs> words that have never been put together before.
1: And- yeah. West Brom might be interesting.
2: So this is the thing, right? It's the way they were when they went down that has influenced how I feel about them as they come back up. There's the no fact, question. The fact
0: that they've done nothing? It's probably not fair. It's the same group of dudes.
2: Well, it is a lot of the same group.
0: It's the same group. <laughs> I'm looking through the lineup. I'm like, oh, wow. Same dude. Same dude. I all same guys. dude. all Hey, not, there's one guy that's different. Not all. Not all these guys. Like I what said. are you going to do? Go own Livermore?
1: Oh, I mean, Jake? Charlie no. Austin wasn't
2: playing for them when they went down.
1: That's true. Matt Phillips definitely was.
0: Robson Canoe was. Matt
1: Phillips was a useful guy for a minute, a couple times. Oh, this is so sad. This is getting worse and worse.
2: Yeah, it really is. Can I just go into the club history for West Brom real quick? What, big, Brian, so... you gonna own
1: Bartley? <laughs> You're just saying names. <laughs> All
0: right, hold on. I know I know who Bartley is. Dave. He used to be a former Arsenal player along with Gibbs and a Jai. It's like they got a bunch of Arsenal cast offs. Probably did. Listen. Putting you on the spot, Higazi's four and
2: a half. We talked about four and a half as the price point for defenders. Are you going to own Hagazi to start the season?
0: No, but West Brom's schedule isn't bad. Two it's po- not horrible two starting point, off.
1: 2.4% of FPL managers have nostalgia for several years ago, owning uh, Ahmed Hagazi to start the season. Yeah. I don't understand it. Why don't you do the club history, and then we can come back to the players. All right, I will.
2: The club was formed in 1878. Much of their history uh, is where their success lies. They had a league title going back to 1920. They've won five FA Cups, but the most recent was 1968. Uh, if you were a longtime listener of Fantasy Soccer FC, you might remember a year ago, uh, last summer. Actually, we did. Uh, I did a, a Scott Shot, my my monologue series. Did an episode uh, reviewing a documentary called The Beautiful Brain that was uh, an Audible original last summer. Uh, and uh, and actually, as part of our launch, our, new, our rebranding as FPL America, you're going to hear that again, uh, you maybe already have as a separate episode. Jeff Astle was the guy who won them one of those FA Cups, uh, definitely one of their heroes, one of their legends within the club during those years when they were winning FA Cups. Uh, they play at the Hawthorns. So the Hawthorns is, is now a premier league ground. Once again, when I, the, isn't the vaunted Hawthorns, isn't
1: that an official part of
2: the name? <laughs> no, I don't think no. so. Uh, but they, interestingly though, and I, I don't know if this connects to that a little bit, but they do own a lot of the shops around the stadium, which was something I did not know. So that's interesting. It's not just the stadium, but also kind of the area around it a little bit. Um, now, they're known as the Baggies, and as we've discussed before on this podcast, the last time they were in the league, the origin of the term "Baggy" is a little bit unknown. Or, the club just doesn't want to believe the actual origin story of the name. Because one option is that Aston Villa, their hated rivals Aston Villa, used it as a derogatory term because of the baggy clothes that the the iron workers had to wear with the molten iron. I'm not going to mm. pretend like I know what I'm talking about. With I those. like
1: that. Baggy clothes. Yeah, that's you You can flip that on its head. You take somebody's insult and you say, I'm going to use that as a, actually, it's a, it's a badge of honor. You're wrong. And that's exactly what
2: they've tried to make it. There's another option out there that's not as fun, but I think uh, the baggy clothes origin story deniers wanted it to be the leather bags that the, the money was carried in following each match on the way to the bank the baggies holding the bags of sack the sacks of cash
1: um yeah, anyway yeah way better than calling yourselves the sacks
0: <laughs> seriously <laughs> at some point they could have someone could have
2: done something a little different mascots are stupid just in general but i saw the most ridiculous thing as i was doing my research on west brahma Albion. yeah baggy bird is one of the mascots of the club oh,
0: baggy bird baggy
2: yeah. bird and i saw a picture of baggy bird definitely like 20 years old mm. but it was like the bird head the kit and then the lower body was a man yeah shorts shoes and white legs yeah like bird head man legs body. of a man Makes no sense. Baggy Matt, bird. That was the dumbest thing I've seen in a long time. But hey, of course... Budget
0: budget was tight that year, Scott. Yeah, they
2: couldn't afford the bird legs. Uh, as I mentioned already, Aston Villa is uh, probably their, their longest standing rival, and they'll have the chance to renew that rivalry. But because Villa and West Brom hadn't spent a lot of time in the same league in recent past, they've actually developed a stronger rivalry with Wolves, a match that's known as the Black Country Derby. Oh, I like that. Sounds ominous, Brian. Mm.
1: I like that though,
2: you know those those chants and those songs and, and you know the, the the stuff that fans do that sounds great in the moment during a match. Sure, but when you talk about it outside of that context, or like we talked about with Leeds a little bit ago, like I didn't like the all brass version of Marching On Together, but I'm sure it sounds great in Elland Road, right? Sure. Well, there's apparently this boing boing chant. I don't remember the
1: boing boing chant. We've talked about this.
2: I don't remember it. I think I blocked
1: it out of my mind. No, you need to go back and listen to some old podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) That's the guy who never listens to us in the first place. You should really listen to this podcast more. No, we've talked about that before. We'll dig it up. Let me see if I can find it. You keep talking with whatever it was. Whatever it is you're talking about, keep going.
2: I couldn't find... (laughs) He's not listening now. I
1: know, seriously.
2: <laughs> I couldn't find any provisional liquidators in West Brom's history, but... So their accountants are a little better. A little bit, but one of their songs is called Liquidator by the Harry J All-Stars. It's a reggae song. Really? Thought you'd find that interesting, Dave.
0: Oh, i surprised. I'm used to Brian, uh, Brian giving me the obscure music reference, uh, but now you've given me the, the Harry J All-Stars. That's exactly right. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. All right,
2: so I got a little lazy with West Brom because I don't want to give any more energy to them than I have to. Wow, hate. And so I actually wrote a limerick for them the last time they entered into the league, and I'm going to use it again today.
0: If you go up, come down, go up, come down, you don't deserve a new limerick every time.
2: I, I agree, fully agree. Okay. Um, there is a Tony Pulis reference
0: in this oh. that I have kept because I don't hate
2: Slaven Bilic, their current manager.
1: No, we like Billich. Yeah,
2: Billich is is a big reason why they're coming up, I, I have to believe. Uh, so I kept the Tony Pulis reference in here. That's the only dated part of this. Okay. You ready? Yeah, sure. Something needs to happen to get the baggies scoring. Don't leave it to Tony Pulis to get the crowd roaring. Okay. They play in the country black, a baggie holding a money sack. Mm. West Bromwich Albion
1: is so <laughs> Boring. <laughs> okay. Hey, All right. This, I, can get, I can get behind that. That's uh, that's an appropriate level of filth, filth for them. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey. Uh with Billich there, this might be not as boring. Uh Bilic's This might, might be not West as ham. This might not be as boring, West Brom. Yeah.
2: Billich's West Ham wasn't anything to remember.
1: Not really. What is no. it about
2: him in
0: clubs with West? in the name now you're on to okay. something thank you hey look let's talk about a few of the players because this won't last long do we have to yeah like one Agassi. of the reasons why i think it's, it's worth it is because they have a schedule that is lighter than most in other words to like, start the season to yeah. start the season there's
2: no red or pink anywhere
1: no in this.
0: brian's favorite that's how you judge everything right <laughs> you look at the color schemed if you're not it. making
1: your decisions based, based solely on the color coded exactly fixture rating system, uh, when you open a player name, sure. you're doing it wrong. Right. <laughs>
0: That's exactly right. <laughs> so, based on that, based on that, uh, I think it's just look, I, I don't know. Matt Phillips, I remember he was my boy a few years ago. I, I found value in, in old Matty Phillips. Five and a half. For, for a time. Okay. You know, th- there might be. I don't know, Livermore maybe. I I just no way. There's not a whole lot of excitement. I think if you're going to find any players worth starting or playing at all, it's probably going to be with a uh a defensive move.
1: There's only one guy. Matthias Pereira is the only guy and the, he was only recently added to the to the 6 pounds the in the
2: midfield 6% ownership already.
1: He was one of the he was the highest again to go back to championship ratings for players who scored dot com. He's in the team of the team of the season for midfield for the championship. He's the highest rated midfielder in the championship last season. He's listed. If you looked at his profile, I think a lot of people prior to him being added were expecting he was going to be listed as a forward because that's what it said in his profile on the Premier League website. But he's listed as a midfielder, yes? Yes. So... Which is attractive. Eight goals and 16 assists. So he had, you know, 15th highest scoring midfielder. 16 assists? Eight, yes. Eight goals and 16 assists. So he liked 16 assists is as the best in the championship. Created 20 big chances, most in the championship. 116 key passes, most in the championship. So the guy is... The guy was prolific. He's one of the best... He was one of the best midfielders of, and, and best, best player, one of the best players in the championship last season. The question is: Are you willing to spend six pounds to have him in your squad? What Scott? Eight goals and sixteen assists. What is the uh, championship to Premier League conversion rate? Rate it's that three, we three to one. Okay, so yeah, so you're looking at like two goals and
2: five assists for six pounds. Over 38 matches. West Brom's not going to score a lot in the championship. i, right. the, I so, think I'm sorry, so, It's yeah. not gonna So
1: Charlie Austin works no, for you in the championship. Does Charlie Austin work in the Premier League? Yeah, no.
2: That's the thing. How Robson Z- canoes. Right. Like How Robson canoe? Can- right. These are that's
1: championship what, guys. These are championship guys. And I think that's the fear for West Brom fans. I think that's the fear as you're looking ahead. You know, Charlie Austin's been here. And Charlie Austin couldn't keep a spot. He couldn't beat Shane Long at Southampton a few years ago. Right.
0: Well, but so, he could also never stay healthy either. That's almost always been Austin's issue.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I think that's just the question is who, like, there's plenty of teams that you already have that issue with. We asked the question almost all season last season, you know, bookending the season for Everton, for example, who's going to score goals? Mm hmm. And you see the forward issues that Everton had to start and end the season, and that was with Dominic Calvert Lewin and Rashard Lisson. Yeah, they're better than these guys. And so, can they find the system? Can they find a system that works? Are we going to expect one goal games from West Brom as much as they can possibly stand until or if they sign a striker that matters for them? Do you understand what I'm saying? I just yeah. to, to me Pereira is the one guy um, that you would that you would consider. But I just, I don't know. By the way, I want to speak to what Brian was
2: being obviously sarcastic about just a little bit ago, which is the color scheme of the fixture list. Because October is really where West Brom is actually attractive. It looks like greys, and maybe these are okay matchups, but the first three opponents for West Brom are Leicester, Everton, and Chelsea. And they're all gray because Leicester and Chelsea are at home. Those aren't great matchups. You're not dying to own Matthias Pereira in that set of matches. Now it gets better in October, probably. In October their matchups are Southampton, Burnley, Brighton and Fulham. So maybe we those see those are how manageable they do. matches. Maybe you yeah. see how they
1: do and then maybe in October you start to look and at unless something happened with Chelsea that we haven't seen, it's still the same defense that we watched a month and a half ago, that is yeah. so leaky. So, but True. E- but at the same time, I just I feel like that's a lot. It's the same with the, so Semajae. There is was one of their best, or one of he scored five goals. One of the other five goal scorers in the championship last season. Are you really spending five pounds on a West Brom defender? To me, it just seems like if you if you are going to shoot at someone, you're going to shoot at Pereira. I don't know who else you would even remotely consider. Him. Agree.
2: Anything else Dave on West Brom you want to add or I think Brian covered the squad pretty
1: thoroughly. Um there's only there's only one of other guy. He has one more thing. No. Uh one of their other best players for the season was Grady Diangana. Uh but he is now back at West Ham. So that that is a guy that tangentially to uh West Brom I can mention him, but and it's it's the Slavin Village connection too. Yeah. West West Brom to West back to yep. West Ham. Um Grady D'Angana is I'm not sure what his price is. Do you have it right there? Five and a half. Five and a half? He's more than so check? Yes. Oh my gosh. Grady D'Angana scored eight goals and had six assists in thirty appearances with West Brom last season. I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah for, for a guy who They'll is now that. Yeah, they will definitely miss that. Uh, David Moyes says he says that Diangana is part of of their plans for the upcoming season, but the question is whether or not that will actually happen, since Diangana is going to be competing with Jared Bowen and uh, Fornells, Pablo Fornells, for for those for that yeah. for the playing time. I don't see him winning that battle. Doesn't seem like it, and that seems like a disappointing guy to have such a I think a guy who you know approving himself kind of season with Make West. Brom. Make some money, sell him to West Brom, right? Maybe he who knows if he ended up back for whatever reason, if he finds that he can't get any, you know, he's struggling for minutes or whatever. And he somehow did end up back on loan at West Brom. I mean, that's a guy who did it with them. And, you know, and for I don't know, five and a half is still that's weird. Five and a half. Why five and a half? I don't know. Why is so check five? I, well,
2: that doesn't people, make any sense.
1: Well, this is not a West
2: Ham episode.
1: Well, I just want to say that now on record.
2: So is a popular choice. We'll talk about that. For in five preview.
1: pounds. Yeah. All yeah. right, let's move on.
2: All right, Fulham. Fulham it is. The Cottagers. Back in the league, we barely had a chance to miss them. They were formed in 1879. Not okay. quite. Like one year after West Brom. But uh, before I go any further into the unofficial club history I have for them, what are some of our introductory
0: thoughts on the return of Fulham. Well, they they truly might have the lamest, the lamest mascot name in the league. The Cottagers. Yeah. What's intimidating about that? Nothing. I mean, you want to go to a summer cottage? and you're I, you're Just kind of relax.
2: If you're looking for something
0: steady... Just go hang out in the cottage. You know, something that
2: you can rely on day-to-day, you know, stable. Okay. Financially stable, maybe, you know. Nothing you're- too flashy, okay. but, you know, just... You know what you're going to get from day to day. You go with the, we go with the cottagers.
0: Okay. You've done a great job in trying to, you know, bring me back. I had in. like one thought that I tried to stretch into four there. No, you did great. The oh, only thanks. thing uh, I think that worth talking about here is, I mean, it's good to have them up. They, they, they got, they, Fulham's got some players that have been relevant before. Mitrovic, uh, obviously.
2: <sighs> Relevant-ish.
0: Uh, Kamara has been relevant before. Dave, hold yeah. on. Hold on. Yeah, these guys though were with them
2: when they went down.
0: Understood. But it's not that they weren't relevant at a few times during the year. I tell you, one of the biggest disappointments, that I see still is Alfie the team Mawson. Is is right One goal, remember? one
1: goal wonder Jean michael Serry. Yes, I do remember. He's going to
0: give us that one goal, and people are going to go buy him, and we're going to say, "Don't go there." Hey, Cavalero, Scott. There was there was times before where he was relevant for Wolves, and, and we talked and we talked about him. No, for Fulham. For Wolves or Fulham, I don't know. What's funny is, you click on his name; he's in a Wolves shirt. I love that. Really, Premier League, get it to fricking gather, dude. God no, bless. They just... Can they please invest a little bit more money? It's
2: gonna take some Jeez, time. Dude. Till Have all they... These guys get new Ryan pictures. Sessignon.
0: Nope. He's with his little brother. New
2: yeah. year, new Sessignon. Jared Sessignon. It's easy. What about all oh, Tim Ream, Scott? All right, so that that Tim Ream is there because Fulham, I think, are contractually obligated to have one semi-relevant American in their squad every single year. Okay. Going back, you had Brian McBride, you had Clint Dempsey, now there's Tim Ream.
0: Alright, so so, so Ream is there. That's all there's to not say. Not Joe
2: Bryan? Joe Bryan is absolutely relevant, but at five pounds, are you buying Tim? Uh, Joe Bryan? It's I, the I question. I have Tim Ream in my brain. Tim, Brian, Tim Ream running? Are you buying Joe Bryan at five pounds, Brian?
1: I am not. Yeah, me neither.
0: What about, what about Alfie Mawson?
1: Welcome Pass. back. I just said Alfie Mawson a couple minutes ago. Alfie I Mawson. only want to know if he's going to have the stash. He's an injury concern constantly. Yeah. So I don't think you're ever going to have a consideration of Alfred Mawson.
0: I just don't remember, you know, Fulham defenders ever being.
2: I actually started a segment and made fun of how few fantasy points they
1: had as a unit all season long. There is a way that you could talk about Alfie Mawson that is a kind of a uh, it's a reference that I don't know how many people would possibly know. Alfred E. Mawson, what, me healthy. <laughs> if anyone if anyone <laughs> puts the pieces together on that one, okay. we can be pals. This That's
2: is great. this is Brian's world where he's oh living Oh my gosh. In just crushed that. All right, can I just get into the club history a yeah, little bit Yeah, tell, tell me about that. I already mentioned they're the Cottagers, formed in 1879. One of their original names was Fulham St. Andrew's Church Sunday School FC. Stop it. Isn't that amazing? I- Listen, any time that you're bored, which will be during any Fulham match that's on your TV, go ahead and look up some of the old pictures of this club. They are amazing. There are some old pictures that you can very easily find of you know, the, the players lined up and sitting down. And some epic mustaches on some of these guys. Wow. Uh, it's, it's really cool to see that their history is incredible. And they've played at Craven Cottage since 1896. I mean, they've been off and on, like, occasional years where they've had to play elsewhere and so on. But essentially their home has been Craven Cottage since 1896, which is incredible. Ironically, their biggest rival, and I think only Fulham would call... Uh, them a rival uh, no one else would consider this a rivalry at this point but chelsea is their biggest rival and the the club chelsea was in part founded because the owner of fulham at the time refused to move the club just to, to build a new stadium at stanford bridge so they're like fine i'll start my own club at stanford bridge yeah and chelsea was born love it allegedly this was a fun little nugget i found they were allegedly the first club to sell hot dogs at matches back in 1926.
1: Wow. I think you have a new fan here. doesn't like hot dogs. There's not much I can't think of anyone more
2: American than that. By the way, there's an American tie to a couple of these clubs that are moving up. I failed to mention this earlier. Leeds United is owned in part by the group that owns the San Francisco 49ers. This is not an NFL football podcast. Sure. Fulham is owned by Shahid Khan, owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So there's an NFL football connection to uh, to this year's promoted clubs. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people jumped on the Fulham bandwagon back in 2010. This was when early adopters in the United States were coming into the league. In 2010 was when Fulham, Clint Dempsey's Fulham, made it to the Europa League final, which they lost. Those were the Roy Hodgson days. And, um, you know, unfortunately, that was sort of the peak little would the club know You know, just years later they'd be relegated I have, I have a friend um, he jumped on the Fulham bandwagon at that point and then now he's been enjoying the yo-yo that has been following Fulham Football Club the last few years I also had written a limerick for Fulham two years ago when they came back into the league okay. I have kept a couple of lines but I have reworked this one wow. for 2020 I had to work a little bit on this yeah, and your, your editing's going to have to come in a little earlier than usual. Okay. All right. All right. There once was a club from Nantucket. Well, <laughs>
0: oh, I remember this now.
2: <laughs> Shahid Khan is a villain and can suck it. McBride and Dempsey, twould seem, paved the way for old Tim Ream. Only nine months till they again kick the bucket.
0: Oh, oh. there's a letdown. I was let down. Well, Anytime Nantucket's used, Brian, really? I feel like it has to be followed. Yeah, you know
1: that is usually coming. I just feel like that's a good way for Scott to write that one.
0: <laughs> got to keep you on your toes. Uh, you did. I uh, Well done, Scott. That was a fantastic um, change in limerick there. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Still am. <laughs> Waiting. Go ahead and sit back. Okay. All let's right. let's finish talking about Fulham. Uh, they don't deserve
2: much more airtime. But is there any last thoughts that we have on Fulham Football Club as we enter into the new FPL season?
1: Yeah. Are you gonna buy? Are you gonna have your goalkeeper as Rodak? Will you think about it? No. He was the goalkeeper of the season for the championship last year. It's
2: interesting that he comes in at four and a half, the same price point as Bettinelli. Good- if he was the keeper of the season for the championship, wouldn't you expect his price to indicate him as a clear cut starter amongst the bunch?
1: Thirteen clean sheets in 33 matches. He had the best save rate of all championship goalkeepers. Ryan, here's say. the question that I have, and it's the what's only- the what is the save percentage championship to Premier League yeah, conversion no. rate? <laughs> if one. you saved 75% of your shots in the championship,
2: uh, three to one. He'll save a quarter of them.
0: does not he? Might get some. He might get, every once in a while, get a random clean sheet, but he might no. be one of those goalkeepers save, save that get save, save points. points. No question. Because every year, Brian, who was it last year? Henderson and Pope? I mean, they they were always up there at the top, and they were getting a lot of saves, right? I mean, it wasn't just because of the sheet. Well, we am right? called out of, Matt Ryan and Ben
2: Foster Yes, okay, as there well,
1: you go. Fair enough. As guys I'm, who get the points. I'm thinking there. of um, Neil Etheridge, if you remember, when Cardiff was in the Premier League, was one of the highest-scoring goalkeepers. Only because of his saves. He right? had saves but he, and because of, he had penalty saves.
0: Do you remember that? Yeah, vaguely.
1: So, Neil, what I'm saying is someone can do it because every season it seems to happen. Where there's that's a, fair. Where there's, a, where there's a promoted club goalkeeper that you say, ah, huh. okay, useful, you know he's playing, that he he's got to be in there and, and there's going to be a, ton, uh, and there's going to be a surprise, rates. right? There's going to be a surprise from, from someone like that. understatement. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So I'm just saying it's a guy like that. You, it's not like you don't have the, you don't have, it's not like he's a nobody coming in and you're just like, Oh my goodness. Who's this guy? I, he, he did really well in the championship.
2: You still haven't addressed the only question that I
1: have. Joe Brian. Bryan. No, I'm not no, owning him. No
2: about Rodak.
1: Well, what's the only question? In the Premier League,
2: when you get the most clean sheets, you get the golden gloves. We call it the sticky mitt. Uh What is it called in the Championship?
1: Um, I don't know. The love glove. The love glove.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The love glove. (laughs) Fantastic. I don't know, Scott. What
2: is it called? Now it's called the love glove. I mean, that's that's sticky. In
1: in, uh... the pun intended. Luke Ayling was who scored's highest-rated right back of the season. Joe Bryan was on the yeah. left side of the defense. But he's he was, five pounds. He is five pounds. Ayling's
2: point five, uh, five.
1: Um, he and his team is better. Joe Bryan is the comprehensive defender, though. So Joe Bryan is one not only uh, is a very creative player, but he had the mo- He had one hundred and seventeen tackles as a defender. That that translates into, as you know. That is bonus point system points. Yeah,
2: I'm yeah, not when saying he's, when he's starting out with one. I don't care about his bonus points. Right, Brian. I just have one question about. There Jay are other Bryan. guys. You guys. No, just, no, no, we don't need to go into them. I only have one question about Joe Brian. What? What club will he be playing for after Fulham are relegated at the end of the upcoming season? How old is he? Why? Did, why? <laughs> like,
1: that's the That's the only. That's the question. Twenty six. That's He's a 26. useful age. It is a useful. He'll age. be twenty-seven. <clears throat> he will um, be somewhere. He, next season, he'll be somewhere. He can play his way into uh, into Newcastle. Your your boys, Sheffield United. He'll play for Sheffield. He has United. a Sheffield United kind of yeah, feel about yeah. it. Blades. Are you yes or no, Mitrovic? Everyone's starting with him. Everyone, I am not though. So you're not. I want you to explain to the folks at home what is stopping you from owning. The most proven goal scorer in championship and premier league history. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, if you the, them. the Zlatan Ibrahimovic of the championship, oh, why there you go. are you not starting the season? And you just him? talked me out of it.
0: Well, because he's playing Arsenal first game, so he's not gonna score week one. Okay. the vaunted Arsenal defense. Hey, Arteta's defense is a little bit different than Emery's. Uh no, I Scott, this is a very valid question. We were referencing Jordan, I do earlier at his price point of six zero. 0 is at a 6-0. So in the same light that we were referencing Bamford earlier and considering it, Mitrovic, which we know, Scott, you know he's got 10 goals in him at least, right? Right. We were
1: going to revisit this, whether or not you guys are going to bet on the – the over or under is 13 goals.
0: For Mitrovic.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess you could say 12 and a half. Yeah, you got to go this. 12
0: and a half. You, Brian, you're you're setting this I, I I want it to be thirteen and, you're, and a half. Brian's setting this line for Mitrovic. He is only twenty-five. He feels so much older than this. Give me a second. I want to look up some stats. <laughs> I don't listen.
1: Scott, what's your champion so the the three to one rate, a uh, 26 championship goals. All right. He but he has here. nine goals in him, just just as a starting point, yeah, on your conversion rate, he had You 11, don't think he, he can overachieve by four goals? He on had the eleven.
0: Season? He had eleven when they went down. Okay, so I feel like he's older, a little bit more experienced. Twenty six last year in the championship. I feel like the number should be at twelve. I'll take no. I'll take twelve a and a half. No, I
2: I'll,
0: I'll, I'll, or if the number's at twelve and a half, I'll go, I'll go above.
2: I feel better if the line's at thirteen and a half. I bet you do.
0: <laughs> you think Mitrovic
2: will get thirteen goals for Fulham in the upcoming season? I
0: think Mitrovic will get thirteen goals. So if he gets a thirteen, I would win the bet. I think
1: the amount that you have to think about this proves what an amazing bet this is.
2: <laughs> it if it's this close All right, first bet of the season,
0: I'll I'll take the under on yes! twelve and a half. All right, Marking so it down. if he gets a 13, I win. Brian, this feels eerily similar to Pookie Bet.
2: I know it does. Yeah, except we know more about Mitrovic than we did Pookie uh, to start the new season. Here's the thing, though. Um, you asked This whole thing started with you asking me why Mitrovic is not going to be in my lineup. Yes. Why I'm not joining the 30% who have him in their lineup right a lot now. of people. My strategy for forwards is different Okay. than it was two seasons ago. The forward strategy is just different. The midfield is so prominent this not, new season. Let's not
0: dive too much into it. It's just, I mean, we can yeah, do it agreed. on the next No, but agreed.
1: I like this. I mean, this is a good explanation. All right,
0: fair enough.
2: I would much rather have Jordan Ayew at six or eventually, not to start the season because of schedule, Mikhail Antonio at six and a half. And I'm going with discount guys. I get it that Mitrovic could be one of those discount guys.
0: He might be. I'm not saying – I think he's got uh, – Lasting power over the flash in the pan that was Pookie last year, where it seemed like I would—there's no way I'd lose that bet. You won the bet. You were right. I, Mitrovic—we've I, seen it before, right? And he's only—I think—gotten older and better. I, yeah, I think he. There's a good chance he could be relevant, assuming, assuming his health.
2: There is a chance. Now, the more we talk, there is a chance that um, Mitrovic could be a discount forward in my lineup to start yeah. the season. To start,
0: maybe. I mean, his. his their first you three have to or understand. Weeks, I'm
2: probably playing a four-five-one formation in fantasy this season, yeah. so I'm not saying he's going to be in my lineup, but he'll be at least—I'm sorry—like in my eleven, my sure. starting eleven. Sure, but he might be on my bench. Yeah, there's a chance. The more we talk about him, okay, well, Dave. That is all three promoted clubs, as only we can do it. Filthy Limericks included.
0: Yeah. Hey, that's that's fantastic. That that is a perfect start. By the way, to that, FPL know, America podcast only mean one thing. Yes. The new season is approaching. Man, we are right around the corner. It's exciting. Right around the corner. We're excited. Hey, check us out, uh, if you haven't done it already, on our season preview pod, where we will dive into many other things that we didn't get into on this one. Hey, for the FBL America podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.